God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is reliable and that we know you are speaking to us in and through it. uh, And we honor you for that. I just pray now that your Holy Spirit would come. First of all, help me to proclaim your word to your people today, uh, boldly and faithfully, and also help open our hearts and our minds so that we can receive everything that you would say to us today. Uh, for we love you, and we honor you, and we, praise, uh, and we praise you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. James writes this. He says, Is anyone of you among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore fruit. Bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. And one of the challenges that I have faced over ministry time after time after time is the challenge of people wanting me to take responsibility for their life in Jesus. A lot of times, you know, people, and you hear this in churches where uh, it used to be very common when someone would say, well, I'm going to leave this church because I'm not being fed. And what they're saying is, I'm going to leave this church because the church is not taking the responsibility that I think it should to feed me. Uh, Or I I hear people who say, well, I I don't like this church very much because uh, nobody, nobody wants to have fellowship with me. And you talk with them a little bit and you say, well, you know, have you invited people out for coffee? No, well, no. Have you invited people over to your home for a meal? No. Uh, have you invited people to get together with you to pray? No. And you find out that what they want is other people to take initiative to try to include them. And they feel like somehow if I have to take initiative, then that's distorting that the church is not doing what it's supposed to do. Or I get a lot of people that will come up to me and say, Rod, pray that this demon will leave me alone. And sometimes people are are genuinely being plagued by the demonic. And I say, no, I'm not going to pray that. And they're like, what? You're not going to pray for me? No, I'm not going to pray for the demon because you have authority in Christ to deal with the demon. And so you need to do that. And this kind of theme, this theme of wanting other people to take responsibility for us, is a very, very common experience that I have had on every continent in which I've ministered, over every decade in which I've ministered, time after time after time, this comes up again and again and again, and the theme is repeated over and over and over, that other people want the church to take responsibility for them. Uh, And we see this not only uh, in our lives and in relationship with the church, but oftentimes we can see this in responsibility with the government. 
I, I still remember, I've told this story before, I remember seeing an interview over a decade ago on the BBC. Uh, and this woman had, had had three daughters, they were all teenage girls, uh, by three different men. And all three of the teenage daughters were pregnant at the same time. And this woman was bemoaning the fact that the government had completely failed to teach her daughters about birth control and these other issues. And you think, well, lady, I'm sorry, bless you in the name of Jesus, but it's not their responsibility. It's your responsibility to raise your children. And what example have you set for them? And so the real challenge for us as Christians is actually to learn how to take responsibility for our life in Jesus. When we look at all of the, the adjectives that we've considered over the last number of months, in none of those adjectives is it somebody else's responsibility. God has given us everything we need, according to Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1, for life and godliness. We have the Holy Spirit. We have salvation in Jesus. Uh, we, have a, uh, we are new creations in Christ Jesus. We have what we need to take responsibility for ourselves, for our families, for our walk with Jesus Christ. And that's really a, a key issue of what James is trying to get at here in the closing passage in this letter. Now remember, James is talking to Christians. He's not talking to non-Christians, and he's not about relaying the foundation of the faith. Uh, he's assuming that the people whom he is addressing are already Christians. Or they already know about Jesus, his death, his resurrection. They're already believing in that. They're new creations in Christ. And so he is challenging them on how they need to live in light of the fact that they're filled with the Spirit, they're saved by grace, uh, and uh, Jesus Christ has made them new creations. Uh, James is not setting up a, a kind of a, a legalistic Christianity, as sometimes he's been accused of doing by people such as Martin Luther, who got James completely wrong. He's not being legalistic here. He's being practical about how we need to live out our faith. And he's encouraging us in this passage, effectively, to become people, take initiative to become prayerful people to take that kind of responsibility. And you see that throughout the passage. Now, he begins here and he says, is anyone among you suffering? Well, if you're suffering, let the doctors come and take care of you. That's not what he says. He says, if anyone is among you suffering, let him pray. Whose responsibility is it for the suffering person to pray? It's his responsibility, her responsibility. And by the way, even though the translation is, is using you know, masculine excuse, uh, language, it would include both men and women. So if you are suffering, it's your responsibility first and foremost to pray. Nobody else can pray for you. Nobody else is responsible to come along and say, oh, I see you're suffering, can I pray for you? Now, we will do that, and we can do that, but that is not our primary responsibility. The primary responsibility of the person suffering is to pray. What about, are you cheerful? Well, if you're cheerful, sing praise, give thanksgiving, and take responsibility to do that. Now, that comes more naturally than praying when we're suffering, because we all suffer, and we tend to want to wallow in our suffering, uh, and, but when we're cheerful... 
oftentimes we love to sing and shout and, and dance about, uh, and that's okay. But, but anyhow, it's your responsibility. How about if you're sick? If anyone is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them, them pray over him and anoint him with oil. I remember back, uh, this is, uh, oh gosh, 20 years ago now, I was in the hospital visiting a woman in the hospital who didn't like me very much. I'm not sure why. Well, okay, I, I probably know why, but uh, uh, she didn't like me very much. And, uh, and, and so I ca- came to see her in the hospital and she's like, well, why are you here? And I said, well, you were in the hospital. Uh, somebody told me that you were in the hospital, so I thought I would, you know, I'd come visit you. And she said, well, well, I was in the hospital before, and you didn't come see me. And I said, really? I, I had no idea that you were in the hospital. Um, when were you in the hospital? Well, six months ago. Oh, really? Well, well, did you try to call me to let me know? No. Did your husband try to call me to let me know? Did your children? No. Did any of your friends in the church? No. Well, if you or your husband or your family or kids or the people, your friends in the church, they didn't try to call me, how was I supposed to know you were in the hospital? She said, well, you should just know you're the pastor. Now, that's not what James says. That's not what the Bible says. It says, if you're sick... It's your responsibility to call the elders, and then it's the elders' responsibility to pray for you. But it's not the elders' responsibility or the deacons' responsibility or the pastor's responsibility always to be looking for sick people to find them to go and pray for them. And it's such a powerful principle. When people come to me to ask me to pray, very frequently we see healings happen. When I have to go to somebody, if I see somebody who's sick, who's not asked me to pray, but I take the initiative to pray, I am much less likely to see healings occur. Now, I have the same faith for healing in both situations. The same faith. But I think the difference is where we take responsibility or not. And how often do we suffer, or are we sick, and we don't take responsibility to let other people know? And, and consequently... We don't receive prayer. So, it's a responsibility. If you're sick, if you're sick, call the elders, call leaders, call somebody who has, who has faith, let them come, let them anoint you with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. Now, by save here, this word save also means heal in the Greek. And so the prayer of faith will heal the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And I have seen this happen time after time when people actually call the elders and ask them to pray. I have seen time after time how the Lord has raised them up and healed them. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Sometimes the sickness we deal with, not necessarily physical sickness, but emotional, spiritual sickness, is due to our sin. And by calling for prayer and allowing God to expose that, Oftentimes, God will lead us in a process of repentance or a time of forgiveness, and we even experience healing for there. So he says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Again, it's our responsibility to confess our sins. It's not my responsibility to go to Josh and say, Josh, you know, I I perceive that 
you're a very sinful guy, and, and so it's time for you to confess. Come on, baby, lay it on me. Now, that's not my responsibility. And in fact, every time that I've seen people try to make it their responsibility, it never works. No, it's our responsibility to go and say, hey, listen, I've got sin in my life, and I want to confess this sin to you. And as we're open and we confess the sin, we actually disarm it. As we take responsibility for our sinful behavior, the cross of Christ has already paid the price for the sin, but the power of the cross then is applied at the point of the sin, and the power of sin is broken in our lives. But we have to take the responsibility to confess our sins. We can't let other people seek those out because that always creates times of conflict. We also need to take responsibility for praying, to be prayerful people. And we know, as James says, that the prayer of the righteous person who's dealing with their sins is powerful and effective. It makes a big difference. It even stops the rain or releases the rain. It's a, a mighty, mighty thing that James is encouraging us here. And he's just saying here, brothers and sisters in Christ, when you take responsibility, that demonstrates your faith that by taking responsibility, something will happen. And as you take responsibility and demonstrate your faith, mighty things can occur by the power of God. If we don't take responsibility, it shows that we have no faith. It's a bit like uh, if uh, Josh again, I'm sorry picking on Josh today, but if Josh again said, hey Rod, I just came into an inheritance. Uh, I, I've just, I, my, my, my relative, great, great uncle uh, died and left me 10 million pounds. I didn't even know I had a great, great uncle. And I certainly didn't know I had one that had 10 million pounds. Otherwise, I'd hit him up a lot sooner than this. But he died. He left me 10 million. And I want to give you a million pounds. Wow, you know, that's great. You know, he wants to give me a million pounds. That feels pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a millionaire. You know, and, and I can go around, but if I never go to his house, knock on his door and say, hey, by the way, Josh, you know, that million you're going to give me, I'm ready for it now. If I don't take the initiative to reach out, it demonstrates that I have no faith, no belief whatsoever in what Josh has told me. And many times that's what we do with God. We don't reach out, we don't take the initiative, we don't do the things that God has called us to do, like pray, like confess our sins, like sing songs of praise, like uh, uh, ask other people to pray for us. We don't take that responsibility, and consequently we don't experience the blessing, and then we blame God for it. But God has said, no, it's here for you. Take that responsibility, reach out. And that taking of responsibility demonstrates our faith. It's not works righteousness. It's not saying that, oh, if I take this responsibility, that somehow my taking responsibility is magical and brings all of this about. No, by taking responsibility, we are stepping out in the knowledge of the grace and the goodness and the love of God and know that God wants to respond. And we know that as we come to God in faith and we pray, that that prayer is powerful and effective. And even as we pray, we can pray for those who are wandering away from the truth. And those prayers can actually be used by God to bring those people back. And as we pray 
And as we believe in the power of prayer to work in the lives of people, those people can be drawn back to the Lord and their soul can be saved and and it will cover a multitude of sins. There's so much power in that as we become prayerful people. And that's James's encouragement here. As he closes his letter, he says, Christians, be prayerful. Take that initiative and take that responsibility to do the things that God has called you to do with the confidence that once we take our responsibility, God is always faithful to take his responsibility and bring to pass everything he's promised through his son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we honor you, we worship you. And I thank you especially for this gift of prayer. That no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter that things might seem dark or difficult or maybe things seem great, that as we pray, you are a God who works mighty, mighty things. And as we pray, you demonstrate time and time again your sovereignty in our lives and over us. And so, Lord, as we go into the close of this year and look forward into a new year, let us become people of prayer, prayerful people that see the power of God manifesting in our lives, in our churches, in our families, in our communities. We love you and we praise you. We worship and adore you. And thank you for all this. In Christ Jesus, amen.